Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah. Wow. You feel that? I mean, look at my collar. Did no one warn me that I look like the worst human on earth? Remember the other day they were like, can you readjust your package? It's not looking. uh, We don't want to shoot your gross, disgusting crotch. (laughs) All right. Hey, guys. um, uh, You are looking live at uh, (laughs) formerly known as South or Florida's best kept secret, Luke. Uh, It's Tampa and it's beautiful. You know what? If it's a. If it's a kept secret, my guess is it should stay that way. Friday, December on the positive side. 17th, 2021, you're looking at an award-winning digital show, a podcast, a lifestyle. It's called Morning Combat. I am that American Alpha, the BBC with that BDE, Brian Campbell, uh, 43 with an attitude, right? Uh, 6'2 with green eyes, smile like the sunrise. And my co-host right here is... Uh, He's everything from old to angry and pathetic in between. His name That's is true. Luke Thomas. Hi, everyone. Um, even though we're not drinking, we're still waking up somehow hungover. Hungover at life, despite the great <laughs> successes around us. And that includes Best MMA Programming Award last weekend from the World MMA Awards. Thank you again to our listeners. Hey, have we mentioned that? I don't know if we've mentioned that. For putting us that in that won. position. This week, of course, we are on the grounds in Tampa, Florida for Saturday Showtime pay-per-view Jake Paul is back. It's not going to be against Tommy Fury. Somebody fumbled the ball on the way into the end zone, but Tyron Woodley is back to pick up the pieces. We've been with you all day. We're here at the moment right now, live and direct at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino and Resort here in Tampa, the site of today's ceremonial weigh-in, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check that stream. Luke and I hosting. Ariel Hawani will be a part of it on the Showtime Sports social channels, YouTube pages. You know all of that stuff. So that's the fight this weekend. We've got a UFC fight night to get people fired up for. We've got some odds and ends, a little bit of news, fan subs, dead wrongs, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got, you know, two headstrong, cocky, award-winning hosts who uh, mm-hmm. from now on probably can't be told a, can't be told a thing, you know? I want the peasants to get me coffee when I need it. Yeah, Phil, our runner, our runner, Phil, is out there. Uh, I've been told that Phil's got a penchant for uh, 
for um, experienced women, the cougars of the world. You know what I mean? From Phil? That, I heard that Phil's got a, a little little side hustle going on, all right? <laughs> so I'll have to ask him about that when he arrives shortly with the coffee. Wow. Did you make that up? Or I did actually, not. I, no, the, someone the, really told you Somebody on the staff was like, you know, the guy's, you know. That's real? It is real. Confirmed. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wow, that's surprising. Really? <laughs> yeah, the old the old ladies love them some Phil. So. Wow, well, I thought for sure he was an incel, but I guess not. You know, you learn yeah. something new every day. Phil my Kraken, yes, he will, Luke. Okay. Um, all right. I don't really. I, don't, I mean, I don't know the proper. Did you, I'm sorry. Did you do a dad joke I that I was the, supposed the, to <laughs> praise the, you for? The or did it, did it crash? Like um, most of your. So jokes. we have a great show called Morning Combat, and if you want to wear our merch, we encourage you to go to morningcombat.store, the finest merch house. Okay, on this side of the Mississippi, and uh, we've got a great deal going on still to continue. Uh, Twitter 10K would be today's code that will give right. people 10% off all of our holiday merch, all of our everything going on on this great site. Factory Town MMA, Luke's uh, dead face on a shirt, and also the return. Yes, there, there's, still, there's still a couple left. Act now, okay? Drug Rugs 2.0. I saw that. MK style. You want them for Christmas, order them right now. We got a couple remaining. This is the last Mark McGuire rookie card that we're going to have on, on today's show, all right? What was that guy's name? Mark McGuire? No, the, the the card guy from Home Shopping Network. You know, Don West. Come on, you know. No. All right, this is going to be a uh, train wreck. I, I love I love watching a you train wreck like a, a worm show. on a hot rock, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel I feel so uh, non-close to many staff members, including you today. So we'll see if we can. No, no, you got in the car late this morning, motherfucking late. I, number one, I, I was I was working. Okay, but you were and late. Uh, I don't know what the rest of us were doing. We were also working, but we were not late. And then I was cleaning the, my junk. He get, <laughs> he after he was done manscaping, and then he gets in the car and he's like, "Everything's been bad this week." <laughs> I'm like, what? Everything we've done has been trash. I can't believe we even came here. <laughs> Dude, we just sat in the car. Like, fucking go. I mean, I don't know if it was, it, you know, it had that, that, you had that a, emotion you had a, level. You had a near, <laughs> a near break. Courtney, did he have a near breakdown moment this morning in the car? Yeah, it was touch and go. I agree with that. Most of our staff was hungover. That's not my fault. Right? That's <laughs> that is not also, my fault. That okay? is also a fair statement. Uh, did Luke, you drink last night? I didn't drink. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm just old, Luke. I'm very washy. Uh, Luke, speaking of if you are washed, certain areas that you, maybe you should pick up a little bit. Maybe you That's should right. clean up a little bit. You've I got want people to know genitals. our fine partner in this game, okay? They're, it's called Manscaped, bro. All right? Hey, fellas. This episode of Morning Combat is brought to you by our favorite producers of Ball Trimmers, Manscaped. <laughs> yeah. Global leaders yeah. in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2021 with a new product. Clean yourself into the new year with their ultra-premium body wash. Well, Luke, 2022 is on its way, and the last thing you want is to be the guy with pubes getting in your way of, <laughs> of making this year your this best. This is a real thing. Yet. So... Their signature lawnmower 4.0, I've used it. I still use it. It still works, fellas. Uh, it's here to take down every pube in the patch. Did they, I hope they wrote this because I hope we don't get in trouble. I was going to say, if you got a thing that trims your hair down there and it's called a lawnmower, they're trimming a lot of hair. You, 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 I mean, there, there are people in this country who let that who let that shit go, but no more, Luke. Well, okay? I, I want you to know, BC, that Manscaped has engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality. For an incredibly comfortable grooming experience, this is the fourth generation trimmer. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents 
Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, it's even waterproof. <laughs> the tool is amazing, and I'm confident using the 4.0 to leave 2021. <laughs> they wrote this. They fucking wrote this. This tool is amazing, and I'm confident using the 4.0 to leave 2021 and my gross pubes with it. <laughs> Well, back to the more professional reading of, they wrote of this shit. copy. Luke, we're talking about being clean and smelling good. Manscaped's got you covered there with the ultra-premium body wash, something I also use, Luke. I'm not only the uh, the Manscaped president. I'm also a client. And I'll say it's the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine and also to your shower tower. This body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. And with Manscaped, of course, you'll be a brand-new man and ready to kick all the gross hair and smells out of your bed in 2021. I'm all in on confidence and smelling good this new year, Brian Campbell. So join me with Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with the code COMBAT. That's K-O-M-B-A-T at Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com when you use the code COMBAT. K-O-M-B-A-T. Happy New Year to your filthy disgusting genitals uh allow our friends in this game manscape to help your friends this holiday season if you know what i'm talking about get that percentage off combat with a k let's keep the show rolling look we've got a special surprise that's going to be available anytime now yeah hey, uh, what's the what's the word on when this video goes up youtube.com slash morning combat you want to talk about special okay duos reunions they've been saying shortly for about an hour well, that's a side. That's a side topic going on. Your battle with our production and tech team to get this shit turned around in a timely manner. Here we go. Um, it's BC. It's LT. It's a little something, a little vehicle that we've called pregame preview. If you don't know, it's usually where real talk takes place. That's right. Among that's, men, because that's how men do. We found the manliest guy we could to join us in a trio, and uh, his his name is Ariel Hawani. Yep. And he'll be working Showtime this weekend for all things Paul Woodley, too. So we're going to yep. sit down with him and talk about this fight, this era of crossover carnival fights. And we have one more important thing, probably more important than all this, more important than Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley to call him out upon. Have you ever seen Ariel Hawani's college fro? I think maybe I've seen this photo once, something like that. Wow. 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 We, we asked him, but the boy BC, your boy BC put... Uh, Ariel in the hot seat and said, okay, okay, you had that? Yeah, he gets had rough that and tough with his Afro puffs. Rage, Why? rock on what are with those? your bad self. What are those, Ariel? Okay, so we get a, we, we break that down. What's he doing very, with his hand? Whatever he wants, okay? Taking over this game, all right? So what you going to do? I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do, too. Yeah, um, so shout out to Ariel for joining us. You can check that out as well. Uh all a lot of great bonus content. If you haven't been following the scene for Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, too, we've hosted the workout, mm -hmm. the press conference yep. today at 4 p.m. Eastern. Right here, we will be hosting the weigh-in, so get your full take. All access daily as well. Uh, a nice little vehicle here. Jake? Mm -hmm. Jake Roseman on the... Uh... On the ones and zeros? Yes. Luke, um, are you just buying time for my coffee to get here from Phil, or are you just emotionally uninvested in everything that we have going on right now? <laughs> Wait, this from the guy who was hitting the uh, the ripcord on the parachute. Yeah, but what did I tell you getting out of the vehicle this morning? I said, don't worry, bro. Luckily, you're rolling with a red light guy. And you're like, oh, you like whores? I'm like, no, I'm talking about a different red light, that one. You when also, that shit, you when also that, like whores. When that shit turns on, okay, that that's one of my superpowers. No, I'm not waiting on Phil. I'm actually waiting on you to start the topic so we can get the show <clears> over with. 
and I can go and empty my bowels. All right. Uh, this weekend, of course, Saturday night, they're back at it. Jake Paul, the sensation of YouTube fame, social media crossover, acting, and all that. We know he's in the midst of a boxing turn, 4-0, three knockouts. But the fight he had in August, we're going to see it a second time. When him and Tyron Woodley, the former UFC champion, fought to that split decision. Tommy fumbled. Tommy Fury pulling out just over a week ago, basically. So here we are this weekend. A fight, Luke, that I think is going to look a lot different than the first one. And I think the narratives, the buildup, the motivations for each one are different. Is that what you would say is your biggest takeaway into what we learned this week at the many press stops heading into here? Uh, we'll start with the second part of that. I would agree that the motivation is slightly different this time. And certainly that has, because the motivation is different, and also because the situation is different, at least with Woodley, he is on two weeks' notice. I mean, they, they were. I, you can't get a straight answer on whether he was training before. Was he staying in shape before? Yes. Wasn't he on a TV set? He was actually on a TV set when they called, and so I'm like, I'm skeptical of the idea that like he's eight rounds ready. To me, he's going to have four to six rounds. He can do any kind of work, and so how's that going to affect his game plan? Will he apportion it at the front end, in the middle, or the back? I, I don't really know. We'll have to see. But you know, he's got a certain like, I got an extra shot to get something here. Let me just go into there with the best attitude and see what I can do. And I think win or lose, he's trying to create a business card, so to speak, for 2022. For Jake, all he really has to do is just kind of get past it. I do think, though, in talking to some of the media here, we haven't really focused on this. And, you know, I understand that it's hard to speculate on some of these things. But I don't feel like the public is responding to this one with quite the same intensity as they did the first one. In part, yes, because it's, you know... We don't have the trash talk. We don't have the trash talk. And they said so much the first time. How much is even reasonably possible? It's a fair point. All I mean to say is on top of that, um, I I do think that these guys have a bit of pressure to deliver here. An action fight or some kind of an action fight. It has to be better than the first one. All right. For sure. As as an extended preview, what we debated with Ariel Hawani about this fight and this proceeding was who has more pressure on them. I believe you can make an equal case for both in terms of both fought a certain level in the first fight, maybe underestimated their opponent, maybe underestimated, you know, the for Tyron Woodley, that, that transition, what that would take out of his gas tank to make the move from MMA to boxing. Either way, I think both come into this fight feeling like they can and should have and will get the chance to do a lot better than the first time. That leads me to believe we'll see a busier, better, more action-packed second fight. But I do think the motivation, the roots in it, are completely different in this time around. That's not going to matter come fight night when they when they trade uh, punches and they touch gloves and we go after it. But um, a, a different feel altogether, for sure. And, you know, will we get any kind of spice thrown on the top at today's proceedings? Is now the time to sell this fight and, and get in each other's face and go but after they, it? I actually think that there might be because they both want to sell it. And it and they didn't get to do a big media tour for this one, or like they did the first one, and so this would be technically the last chance to really, you know, get on people's phones on Instagram and make the highlights on SportsCenter or whatever else you can to get it through. I actually, so yes, I am expecting pushing and shoving tonight. All right, I expect a, a better fight, but who has more pressure on them? That's where I was going the long road to come back around and set Jake that up. Jake certainly has more to lose, so in that sense, he's got more pressure. I still favor him to win. I think most people do. I'm sure you do as well. But I am kind of curious to see what kind of strategy he employs. He tasted a little bit of power in the first one. And I went over this. You'll see the video we did yesterday with Ariel. One thing that like we should talk about for just a second was X's and O's. 
with this contest. One of the reasons why it's interesting about who's got more pressure is that Jake Paul, if you go back and watch the first fight, something I picked up on, which was kind of funny, um, he only creates offense moving to his own left. He can create offense going to the right, then stopping, and then going straight, but he can't do it actually in motion to the right, but he can to his own left. So if you're if you're the team of Woodley, you want to corral him to motion him right because it's obviously going to uh, limit some of his offense. I wonder if we're going to get some of that. That's something that Tyron Woodley should be able to do beyond that. You know, there was a lot of times he got caught. Now, he did have some nice check hooks on Tyron, but there was a couple times where he was caught, BC, because he didn't really faint his way before starting, and sure. Tyron would clip him with it. Like, there's a couple of, like, easily adjustable things. So while I do think there's more pressure on him, there are some just key improvements or changes that could be made that either Woodley's going to take away from him or, I think more likely, he can build upon that for better success this time. Yeah, I, f- I firmly believe that the tenor of this fight changed in round four of their first one, August 29th, when Woodley landed the left hand that sent Paul to the ropes. Was it a knockdown? Should it have been? I, you know, in hindsight, yes, it wasn't, though. Either way, you didn't see... Uh, unfortunately for Tyron Woodley, uh, stepping in to, to try to force that stoppage. And I think for Jake Paul, from that moment on, he was a little bit more defensive, a little bit more circling way. Luke, he's going to have a 15-year age advantage. That's still there, 20, age 24 to 39 for Woodley. He's the bigger fighter. I think he might have the, the power advantage. It's tough to tell, it's of funny. course. Yeah. But, but, but I go also on Tyron Woodley telling you and I yesterday by the pool, uh, not or maybe it was the day before here, my days are running together, but the whole point is, uh, that this guy hits as hard as Robbie Lawler did. Right. He said it was Robbie Lawler power. I was like. It's that thudding, thumping. Yeah. yeah. And that was more of the, yeah, a description in type rather than saying it was equivalent to it. But nevertheless, he was he, he was complimentary of it. And even yesterday he was complimentary of it at the press conference, very in, in brief passing. Like he actually didn't deny that Jake had a little steam on what he was throwing, um, which is good. I mean, you shouldn't. Uh, the, the, Jake's whole operation here and what underlies it is to be consistently underestimated and if you know finding a way to make money feasting off of you know semi-retired pro MMA fighters is a is a brilliant strategy we'll see what happens on Saturday but um but yeah you know I I do think also that we know Tyron's got power the question is can he deliver it in a boxing can the delivery system connect the dots and and finish building the bridge and get it there we've spent all week talking about how Tyron Woodley has to throw more. Just straight up, you have to throw more. He's got Gerald Tucker, his boxing trainer, back. He's also got Dean Thomas, uh, uh, his old longtime MMA trainer, in the corner as well. But in terms of Jake, in terms of what he can do better, do you think it, the pressure could be as high as if you really want to write this wrong, if you want to call it that, although he got a split decision win the first time around, there wasn't a wrong on his side. It was a, it was a strong victory and his you know rise up, even though it left some unanswered questions. Do you need a knockout to leave the real sort of statement of what he thought he could have and should have done a few months ago? Certainly a knockout would be valuable. But no, I don't think you actually, ha- I don't think that either guy necessarily has to get a stoppage. And even in the case of Woodley, I don't even think he necessarily has to win. What he can't do is meet your lowest expectations of them. Now, your lowest expectation might not even be the right one, but what would my lowest expectation be? That you would get something like the first one, maybe even more uh, less volume, like even more um, you know, deliberative process of throwing offense. If you got that, here's a case where if you're Woodley, not only do you lose, but you have nothing to show for it, right? And if you're Jake, yes, you would beat the guy you already beat, but you would do it in a less impressive case. That's where... 
they don't want to go. But there's a lot of places they could go, BC, that are not that place. They could go to Tyra Woodley loses but puts on a hell of a spirited effort, maybe even knocks down Jake Paul, something like that. You could absolutely hang your hat on that and go forward. For Jake, does he have to stop Tyra? No, but I don't think he can jab and then move and then claim, like, this is a thing I can do forever. There's got to be a – people need to be excited about watching Jake Paul fight. He doesn't have to do much to get there. But he's got to do a little bit, a little bit. Tyron Woodley confirmed, I believe it was in it was an interview with Aaron Bronstad, or I don't want to give the wrong credit out here, but Tyron Woodley confirmed that he does have a rematch. There is a rematch clause. Should he defeat Jake Paul in this rematch oh, on Saturday, okay. that he would get a third opportunity. So certainly for Tyron Woodley, beyond reviving the brand, um, you know, figuring out whatever that disconnect is that is not allowing him to be as a, as offensively strong as maybe the moment should dictate, it could give Tyron Woodley that chance to try to get that trilogy to, to you know, keep that bank account full. There's no question about that there. Um, you and I have also argued on and off at times that maybe the genre can use an action-packed fight. Maybe this this celebrities crossover, sometimes circus, sometimes old guy bubble, which is still kind of hot right now. And you got to give the Paul brothers credit for lighting that spark in a lot of ways. Um, no matter the outcome, a war would, would would help this thing. A war would really help this thing. I mean, there's still a lot of life, right? You just imagine, could Nate Diaz with one fight left on his contract, could he fight Jake Paul? How big would that be? It'd be huge. Conor McGregor has two fights left. What if he got out and he fought Jake Paul? How big would that be? It'd be huge. Like the idea that this is just going to go away with one terrible fight uh, on Saturday, I, I don't think is quite true. But I also think that you know. We, Listen, you can say what you want about the Asker fight. There just wasn't much to it. And then the Logan Paul fight with Mayweather was a bit of a dud. And then the one with Jake and Tyron, I wouldn't call a dud, but it was not action-packed. As had drama in moments. Had drama in moments, for sure. Consistent, but the yeah. point being is, like, if you're going to do this as main events, as as a thing where you're doing more than four rounds against a guy who's, you know, in, in Ben Asker, obviously at one time was a great athlete, but, you know, at the point that he fought Jake was not at all. You know, are you really going to do this in any kind of semi-serious way? There's got to be a little bit of something behind it, dude. Like, your favorite fights aren't the ones that necessarily had the best buildup. They're the ones that sometimes had the best buildup and then really delivered or just had mega stakes or something like that. There's, they got to add a little bit more than just we're very clever, capable self-promoters. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's not unreasonable to ask, and I think very beneficial if they can get it done for that. Like, put genre. the pots and pans away. We don't near, Shit need or to get hear St. Anger Part 2. All right. Sane uh, Luke, a quick side side note here. What do you think is the biggest pay-per-view payday potential within this bulge, this this balloon right now? Um, is it as easy as Jake versus Nate or Connor, or is it like Logan Paul versus Mike Tyson, which sometimes you you hear lingering as a rumor? Which I just have less than zero interest in. Um, hard to imagine what the very biggest might be, but I got to say, I actually feel like you're going to find out pretty close to what it is if you had Jake. If Jake wins on Saturday and wins convincingly, whatever that means, and then Nate somehow can fight whoever and get out of his contract and without, you know, relatively unscathed, I don't th- I think it's unlikely, but I don't think it's impossible they could do two million buys. Like, I think Connor and and Jake could do two million. And you could say, oh, that fight's stupid. I don't like it. I wouldn't want to watch it. Fine, dude. Say whatever you want. We're just making a point. You can bring the coffee. Um, I'm just bringing making the point about what would sell. It would sell very. I see the I see the wheels turning. Yeah. About what joke you're going to lay at the feet well, of Phil? As we all know, Nate Diaz. Although we did not get a chance to talk to him at Wednesday's uh, workout by the pool, he is in Tampa this week. He is in the corner of teammate Chris Avila, the UFC veteran uh, who will have the pro boxing match here against Anthony Taylor, who they fought 
just in 2020 under the Bellator banner. I wonder if Nate by Sunday night's close has a, has a role in this promotion. I mean, there, as Jake told him to us himself sitting with us by the pool on Wednesday, none of this is by accident, Luke. You know what I mean? Jake right. said that himself. You know, we, we this Nate connection here is for a reason. So we'll see if that can blossom. We'll see what happens in the ring on Saturday night. It's prediction time, Luke. Second time around, eight rounds, 190-pound catch weight. Who wins and why? Why is this second fight going to be different? I think Jake Paul wins. I think he's got more ways to win. He outlanded in terms of what actually made contact with Tyron somewhere more than 20 strikes more so i think it was like 70 something to 50 something somewhere around there so it was a pretty substantial lead on him so he does more volume work which is going to win rounds i think that you know certainly there are some issues where he could be caught but i don't know if i'm just very skeptical that the issues that affected tyron in three of his four let's, ufc let's welcome fights. him right in luke can can you yeah here he is can you hold that thought this is phil everybody. this guy this guy phil fucks. this is clutch right here thank you phil uh, phil you're a jersey guy right yeah uh, do you have any preference on the age of a woman? Wow, that was that got okay, weird. Okay, well quick. you just made it weird. Phil. <laughs> you, you, can weird quick. you can get the weird, fuck off. You had off. a good run, yeah, Phil. You can get off right. camera. Wow. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, that was yeah. unnecessarily weird. Well, he's he, like, I prefer it if it's legal, but it ain't a requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, he spent you know all those summers at the uh, at the Coach Sandusky defensive coordination hey, camp. Listen, so, uh, we're te- you, Phil, we're teasing. We're teasing. Thank you for this coffee. Well, what did you Phil. want to say, Phil? Last last chance to redeem yourself. Okay, all right. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Now, was that extra thank you, like, uh, glad I called that guy lipstick on the Billy Madison couch extra? Yeah, a little bit like, please don't uh, suffocate me with a paper bag. I'm a big Phil fan, all right? All right, he's no Jake Roseman, but he's getting there on this staff. Who is? Uh, You were talking about Woodley. You think he'll be more aggressive even in, but with that, because that's what I think. I think Woodley's aggression. I'm just not a believer that the reason he didn't throw a lot the first time is because he's still getting his feet wet or something. Or his shoulder was hurt. I I think the issue, he hasn't been throwing for a long time, and when he did against Luka, he got finished because, listen, the guy is in his, is he 40 at this point? 39. 39, he'll be 40 soon, like. Dude, that's just really old to be doing prize fighting, especially. I've seen this. your future, Tyron. It's it's saggy. It's yeah. I mean, look at us. We're pathetic. But I'm just pointing out, like, you know, I just don't believe any of that's going to really change. I do think Jake has a possibility to put him away if he really kind of goes for it. I'm a little skeptical that might happen too. Like, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like these guys. You gotta you need to entertain the crowd when it comes to fight night. We'll see what happens. Well, I've seen like the Jake. future, luckily, and I can tell you this: Tyron Woodley will be better than the first fight. He will push the pace more. Okay. But the same equation that we thought was in play entering the first fight, but it didn't play out that way, I think is back for the second one. The more Tyron Woodley steps on the gas to make this a fight, I think this setup in professional boxing with the size and the youth advantage is a better setup for when this fight goes haywire. Okay. For Jake Paul to deliver the closing boom and end it. Maybe Jake Paul has to get up off the canvas, which we both sort of hinted could be a thing in the first fight, right? If this fight sucks, will you say that? I've been on it. Dude, how mad was I after Logan Floyd? I was I was upset. I was upset. Upset's a strong way to I was upset, it. okay? I, I hung some optimism on that. I'm just know? saying, like, for boxing fans, which I realize that Jake Paul pulls in a lot of people who are not traditional boxing fans, and that's sort of the point. But for boxing fans, even there's like there's definitely a core group of people who are like boxing fans who are willing to give Jake a try, and like let's see if we can get this right and figure this out. But um, it needs to make it more entertaining. It needs well, I think to be it's going to be up. What it is. It's going to be up to Woodley to, to to give himself his best chance of victory, which I believe would come through a stoppage. So I think he's going to be more offensive. But Jake's got a good hook. He's got a good, you know, he's that left hook. It, it, he, look, the one thing you can't say negative about Jake, whatever you think of him, you know, goggles, jumping in the pool on Wednesday. I mean, there, there's always a 
an extra trick involved in this, but the actual craft, forming punches, putting together combinations, he's he's credible at this level without question, Luke. What level is this? This is the elite levels of celebrity crossover boxing. <laughs> exactly. You're like, at this level, he's legit. Yeah, what level is this? Well, he's not. Uh, is he? Do you think he's trying to go over? I think Tyron Woodley in this rematch no, I think he's is a tougher get, fight than Tommy Fury would have been. Probably, and I don't think he's trying to get to $250 million in the game by fighting, like, the very best. I think he's trying to fight exactly the right kind of fighters to get him $250 million, and then he's calling it a day. I don't think he has, I don't think he has any designs on ever trying to win a world title or beat, like, legitimate guys. But, um, you know, is he, try- is he trying to find sellable athletic challenges? Yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, quickly, do we think Amanda Serrano has any issues moving up two weight classes back no. to lightweight against Miriam Gutierrez? Something would have to be off with her. I-, I watched a little bit of tape on Miriam Gutierrez. She only has the one loss on her record. It is to Katie Taylor. But the rest of the fights were all either in Spain. In fact, I think she only has one fight out of Spain. All of her fights are in Europe, which by itself doesn't mean anything necessarily either. But they don't have Wikipedia entries. She just not has been necessarily fighting the very, very best fight over fight. Or at a bare minimum, even if she has been fighting people that you love, like and you respect and are certainly difficult challenges none of them are on par even remotely close to what Amanda Serrano brings so Miriam Gutierrez is a fine boxer she is worthy of respect she's certainly a decent challenge for Serrano as Serrano gets ready to be at a higher weight class for a presumed meeting with Katie Taylor in 2022 but as a what's going to happen on Saturday night equation I just don't know what would be there to make you think she could beat Amanda Serrano, who is just incredibly people. Listen, let's be honest about Amanda Serrano. You can just look at the numbers on our own videos. Like people aren't exactly tuning in to see her. She's not a very like popular attraction. But the tape says what the tape says, and the record shows what the record shows. She's the best boxer on this card by a wide. And the, I mean, that's why Jake Paul would bring her in into his stable uh, in, in the MVP promotions and say this is somebody who maybe never got the right shake, but has the goods to back it up. So I, right. I do enjoy her getting this close up. Let's see if she can get past that. But Luke, uh, to open this pay-per-view card, we already mentioned Chris Avila is going to be there. There's a couple other random things worth caring about, but we got to care a lot about NFL running back Frank Gore, 16,000 yards, a third leading rusher. But Luca, he looks like he fits in this boxing game just from what we saw in the warm-up in these interviews. The intensity is there against former NBA All-Star point guard Darren Williams. Uh, four rounds, it's tough to know what they're going to bring, although both have expressed you know, years of, of love for the combat games and, 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 and comp- competition in terms of warming up and staying in shape. Mm-hmm. Different avenue when you fight, though, Luke. What should we be looking for here? Is this going to be a boxing match? How quickly does this become a fight? Hard to see any way that... I mean, I, I, here, Let me say one thing. We've never even seen Darren Williams fight for 30 seconds, much less for you know, four rounds, uh, 12 minutes if it, if it goes the distance. So there's just a complete unknown as it relates to the NBA side of things. And even with Frank, I think there's some footage of him sparring and some footage of him hitting mitts, but it's hard to tell exactly what that means as well. With the hitting mitts, you can be made to look a certain way and you can be sparring in a certain way depending on who's your opponent and your sparring partner to make you look good. So we really are just dealing with a ton of unknowns. What you can say for sure though is, obviously pretty commensurate levels of experience, which is to say not at all. And then more to that point, there's just a clear size disparity and frame disparity. So I am going to look for what I'm guessing, Safe Saud, the, the friend and business partner with Darren Williams, is probably going to have a game built on the jab, a lot of movement on the outside, because Frank, as short as he is and as small as he is, relatively speaking, in terms of, the you know, again, the same weight class but smaller frame, 
he's going to have to be on the inside. He's going to have to be jabbing to the body, I'm, I'm guessing. A fair amount of body work is what I'm expecting from Frank Gore. So the ways in which you would expect a fight to go based on body type, frame size, reach, those are all the things that are going to be in play in any kind of predictable sense. But beyond that, Frank Gore looks like a serial killer and Darren Williams <laughs> looks like a sociopath, but I don't uh, know what that would mean for a fight itself. Uh, the, the thing is, though, in fights like this, when the experience is so nil, and it is, even with their athleticism and their and their backgrounds, and they're both not far removed from their you know the peak of their athletics. To be fair, they're they're both in their late thirties, but but not that far removed. It could turn into into slop, and if it gets into slop, if it gets into fight or flight, I don't know, man. Frank Gore showed me something. <laughs> he showed me something, and uh, and and just had, letting us know a, that uh, he was looking at us, but he had a thousand yard stare when he was doing it. it yeah, was uh, I hope intense. I hope Darren Williams can use that size and and make this a competitive uh, fight. We'll see what happens. Look, these are these are wild cards. We know the names, we know the personalities. We have no idea what what they're, they're and that's just that's yeah that's. Watch how he, dude. Brian Campbell doesn't like Luke, physical intimacy. Luke's like, I don't get it. You know, I, I keep putting my hands all over you, and you don't stay there for it. You don't stay around for it. Um, he Luke, doesn't like to hug. He doesn't like to high five. He doesn't like to handshake. To my family, though, you know. Like what? Yeah, I mean, do you do you and all your uh, other co-hosts, Luke? Do they? Do they? Uh, I, I never had other co-hosts. Yeah, you didn't play well with others. You know, still don't. Jury's still out on that. Uh, Luke also Saturday night, of course, of course. UFC Fight Night, the final UFC card of 2021. Larry King. 69. Uh, the pay-per-view from last week, the spectacular one in the books. Larry King reference from Luke means he has just broken wind. And uh, we'll see what happens next. Wow. Uh, Luke, the main event... Don't suck, uh, and I'm fired up for it when Chris Stalkis puts his five-fight win streak 4-0 overall in the UFC in a legitimate step up. You're, we're gonna look. We're gonna find out what this guy is made of against Derek Lewis on Saturday, Las Vegas, Apex. Yourself, uh, what the? I don't even know how to prepare for what this will look like because it's like the first time Derek Lewis lands something big. We'll know everything we need to know about this fight, right? Maybe. Maybe he may not get that chance. Um, Chris Dawkins is has put together a pretty interesting run. So Richard Mann of Fight Metric has a newsletter he put out, and I think succinctly grabbed what this fight is all about. If you just look at um, the overall volume work from a guy like Derek Lewis, or even how much, how many strikes he has to land before he scores a knockdown. The numbers are not great for Derek. That isn't to say he doesn't have huge power. We all know he obviously has huge power. But when it comes to the kind of precise work over time to put people away, he actually struggles with it. Chris Dawkins, by contrast, has some of the highest striking volume numbers and some of the better numbers around how many strikes he has required to throw Yeah, before. but this is a throw-out-the-stats fight. you got to know that. Not though. necessarily. It is and it isn't. Certainly, Derek Lewis is unlike other Right, he 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 is allowed KBC, to, to we're, have we're, errors. We're one week away from you deciding that that Amanda Nunes had no chance of losing. Maybe be a little more humble about the possibility of Chris Dawkins doing something different. That's not the, what this debate is. Like. Well, let me finish the point, then maybe you can decide what it is. The only point I'm raising is that if you want to favor Derek Lewis or think that he's got certainly much better competition experience, you would be totally within your 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 rights to do so. He has significantly better. But there are two fights on the record of Chris Dawkins that kind of stand out. One was against uh, Alexei Olenek, who was ranked 11th. He certainly no Derek Lewis clone. But Shamil Abdurakhimov was another one inside the top 15. Chris Dawkins blew him out as well. Again, none of these guys are Derek Lewis. But the point I'm trying to make is you've got a guy in Chris Dawkins, B.C., who has extraordinary volume work. 
is extremely efficient in causing knockdowns. Great combinations. And, ha- yeah. and has just a lot, a lot going for him in terms of momentum. This is, to your no doubt about it, toughest fight, biggest power puncher he's faced. Don't say to your point because you didn't understand my point. Okay. So don't say that To the shit, point that okay? I thought you were raising, you certainly can say that. But I, I think it'd be a little foolish to dismiss Chris Dawkins. I didn't dismiss Chris Dawkins once. Sounded what like I did though. say was this is a throw out the, the stats fight. Why? Because Derek Lewis doesn't. Isn't somebody that that is that is uh, the stats can tell you the story of what he brings. He he. There's an allow, allotment for mistakes because he's got a great chin and he's durable and he's got a knockout punch that he can deliver at any point in the fight. So that's why his metrics mean nothing, and why you would question the metrics of Dawkins until we find out if he can fight on this level come Saturday night. Is the, the only is, person who has better striking Is stats. the level of competition up to the, this point. Only, so that's why you throw person, it out. The only person with four fights that has better striking stats than Chris Dawkins in the entire UFC right. is Hamzat Shemaev. Right. That is it. So once so again. So you can say what he fought was not so as good. Once again. But what I'm telling you is what he's doing to that not as good competition is what even his other peers don't do. That's so the point. So while you uh, continue to misinterpret the meaning the meaning of, of me what you're trying to suggest that, is not very significant. Uh, the point is that both guys, given their stories, given the giant leap Dawkins is about to make you throw out the stats, is what I'm saying, the level of competition. Okay, okay, We're going to find out on Saturday whether Chris Dawkins can swim on this level. I'm, I'm not saying he can't. This is what you are. You're, I mean, you are stuck on the wrong but thing right now. You're saying stats don't mean anything. It, it's, it's unclear what they mean, but the idea that they don't mean anything saying, is probably untrue. In this situation, Luke, the stats aren't going to tell the, you the a... The stats are a, relevant a, in any almost any situation. You know what? Like, Fuck your stats, yeah. all right? Okay, well, they're not mine. Um, I'm just using them because they're helpful. So as I articulated to open... You Dino- throw out dinosaurs the, and man existed together. <laughs> you throw out the stats for this fight. You find out on Saturday what they really have here because Derek Lewis can be hit. But for you to stand in there, especially over a five-round distance with Chris Douglas, may end up having to do to prove he's gonna have to prove a lot in one night. Um, like the aggression of him could get like uh, Lewis can usually feast off guys who are too aggressive. So Lewis can can wait and and I'll get even though Lewis doesn't have the best gas tank when compared to the super elites. We don't know if Dawkins has five-round gas. So there's gonna be a lot That's of fair. a lot of elements to watch That's here. Um, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna come down to look. Can Chris Dawkins? Finish Lewis before he gets finished. It's yeah, he's got those skills. It's in play, but I think it'll come down more to Chris Dawkins's punch resistance and durability and, and ability to hang when things are, are dangerous, when things are batshit crazy. And Derek Lewis fights become batshit crazy because of that power. Then we're gonna find out what he's really made of, Luke. And do, that's the theater. That's, know, that's damn know, right. Do you know he produces more volume per round than even Cordy Sandhagen, Chris Dawkins? Uh, yeah, but again, uh, up to the, it's the certain level of competition up to this point. Now, I, we're, now I, I, we're going. Yeah, he's not going to just dramatically just change his style overnight. I mean, it seems very unlikely. He's probably going to employ that, for better or for worse. He's going to employ it. Did you know our competitors in that MMA award had far bigger uh, fan bases and, and subscribers than we had? But, yes, uh, despite the best efforts of Ariel to undermine the award, you'll see what we're talking about. Uh, it's uh, it's very legit. Super legit. So Sign- as signature, as win. those MMA awards proved, you can throw the stats out. You know. Because Some, sometimes they don't mean everything. You that can't you underestimate like the heart true. of these fans from Factory Town MMA USA uh, and back again, and you can't underestimate Chris Doggis from what we've How learned. How bloodshot up to this are point. your eyes? Look at you. I mean, what a mess you are. Oh, wow. Look at him. Got to teach the Guai Lo the secrets. Do it. Close that one eye, Xian. All right, Luke. Close that one eye, Xian. Uh, prediction time, Luke. Uh, I'm actually going to go Chris Doggis. I, I think um, I've been not a believer in him. And I think I've been wrong. Derek Lewis, 
We'll probably win because I've not put a whole lot of thought into this prediction whatsoever. In fact, just the last five seconds. But um, I don't know. I think Chris Dawkins has a lot. Just to remind you, before Chris Dawkins' last fight, I got all excited in the preview. I was like, Luke, we really should be paying attention to this guy. And you were just like, no, no, not yet. I don't think it was that. I think it was the match against Shamil Abdurrahman. You just shat on it. And I was like, yo, this guy can punch. He can do things. And you were like, yo, I don't fucking care. And now suddenly you're like Anthony Smith in this guy. That's cool. I don't know if I'm Anthony Smithing him, but I'm giving him his flowers if that's okay with you. I think he'll win. Probably. He's going to get knocked out. Derek probably, Lewis probably is going to win this because there are levels to this, but I do think Dawkins is going to learn from this. This this seems like the time where he's either going to blow away our expectations or take that first L, learn the lesson he has to, and keep going. We I think learn it's more today. likely. It's more likely there. Luke, uh, what else you want to talk about on this card? It doesn't suck. You you think it's it ain't that deep, but we're talking about a co-main event. We're going to have to go Wonder Boy Thompson against Bilal Muhammad. I want to talk about that right now, Luke. All right, what do you want to say? We're talking about where they could be going, how they could use this win. X's and O's wise, though, does Bilal Muhammad have the type of game that could give Wonder Boy's karate point system, which he puts around you like a spider web and makes you play his game? Can Bilal get out of that shit? I mean, dude, I think certainly if he can find a way to narrow the footwork and put Thompson along the fence line, then yeah, I think Bilal's got certainly the game. I just don't I don't know and I'm not saying yes or he does or doesn't I I legitimately do not know if he's got the corralling skills to keep Wonderboy in front of him keep his motion limited keep his options constrained and then to find coordinated ways to attack behind that there's other fighters we know who can do that certainly Bilal Muhammad has shown against very different kinds of opposition but 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 talented opposition that he can do that Wonderboy's his own thing. His it is the smaller cage. It is the apex. So you wonder if that might serve Bilal's interest. I definitely think Bilal's going to have his moments in the fight. BC. I do think that is he going to ultimately win? The odds. I just looked them up. They're pretty close. Well, it's the consistent. It's, it's doable, but it's an uphill climb. There's going to be a consistent question around Wonderboy as he continues to creep up closer to forty in these late thirties. Is like, is this the fight he's going to be compromised by? That I don't think we've seen him compromised by age yet. He's just lost the, the better. Fight. The Pettis fight. It's the only time he's ever been like viciously KO'd. Right, like that. but that's not a comprom- He wasn't compromised by age in that fight. He dominated that fight and he just let his guard down in a key moment. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, he's also he was also what thirty six when he got knocked. That's out not like an that? age related loss, and I think deep inside, when you go to sleep tonight, you'll realize that and understand that. I would be a little bit surprised to say it had nothing to do with age. I think it had a little bit to do. I don't think so. Uh, my point is, this guy is is every fight. It some of that is going to come down to that. Can he? Is there no you know no stretch of the imagination? But we are seeing other. I interviewed Wonder Boy after that. He even told me because of his age, he was going to take a lot of time to come back. Straight up lied to your face, okay, and you took that shit. Something to think about. Um, our Montreal-born, French-Canadian, rooted, Vancouver-raised correspondent at CBS Sports, the Frenchman himself, Shaquille Majorie. You know him, right? Mm-hmm. He caught up with Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson this week and talked about that age. On his uh, YouTube channel, and uh, you can read the story on CBSSports.com. Let's let's see what uh, Wonder Boy had to say here. Man, six fights is a long time, and a lot of things can happen. Um, but do you at all suspect that you will re-sign with the UFC past these six fights if all goes well? I think so. I think so. I if I keep going out there and, and doing what I know I'm capable of, I think I, I uh, you know Glover Teixeira. He's one of the guys that inspires me. He's in his 40s. And he just won the title. Yeah. So it's like, come on, man, I can do this. So I will do this as long as, long as I, uh, my, like I said, my body will let me in. And I get past those six fights and I'm still on a roll. Let's keep going. 
Talk about nice MFers, man. Glover Teixeira, what a guy. Oh, I know. I love that guy, man. He's amazing. And, and boys, 42, 43, and kick, it made it look easy. He was, he was unbelievable. Look, the style comparison for Wonder Boy is often Leo to Machida because they both are, you know, uh, held an elite karate based style, which was rare. Do you think you can have a Machida-like run where, okay, Machida's now now done, and he went to Bellator and it bought him a little bit of time, but Machida was able to stay very dangerous and very good late into his age despite having a style that is based on timing and reaction. Can, do you think Karate uh, karate Hottie, uh, Stephen Thompson, can um, can do the same thing, Luke? I, I, to an, yes, predicated on the idea that he doesn't take a lot of damage. That that Pettis knockout, which of course is rare in his, you know, History is not a thing that he's experienced a lot of, but you have to keep it that way. Even the Jeff Neal fight, which Wonder Boy won pretty cleanly and was a far more dominant user of space and kind of dictated the offense in that contest. Even in that one, BC, I thought he took a little bit too much damage because it did go the full five. And so just as a consequence of the length of the bout, he was getting banged up to the extent he can avoid those, right? Where, you know, obviously things are going to happen in a fight, but they don't go too long. You're not too banged up. You don't get stopped a lot. You don't get dropped a lot. Something like that where you're able to get uh, the most out of the experience without taking too much or damage, I think he can go for a long time. I, I, I just believe as long as he's nimble and he's got the kind of footwork and the agility, which he's done a pretty good job of maintaining his health and maintaining his athleticism over time, you know, that skill set is just going to give a lot of guys a lot of problems, even with diminished athleticism over time. But you start adding in some of the psychological toll that comes with taking that much damage and then also the physical toll that comes with taking that much damage, and it's a completely different ballgame. So in other words, it is doable, but it is very much predicated on his ability to maintain his health. And this could be the breakthrough opportunity to the upper core for the 33-year-old Bilal Muhammad. Remember the name indeed, Luke. I remember that he's got just one loss since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been beaten in his last eight fights, I believe. Just that one loss to Jeff Neal during that run. But he's also never had that true close-up moment and opportunity. Uh, I wonder if this could give it to him, Luke. Well, we thought it was going to be the Edwards fight, and then it just got completely upended with the That was the no contest. Yeah, so that doesn't count. So when we had the chance to really see him tested against somebody good, um, we just didn't get a good answer because the fight didn't go very long. Thompson satisfies that condition along a different way. Very different fighter, as I'm sure you will know, than Edwards, but the kind of guy where it's like, dude, remember, Jorge Masvidal couldn't solve the Wonder Boy Thompson riddle. And Jorge Masvidal is a very good fighter. Again, close to the end of his career in the beginning, certainly, but, you know, very, very talented. People don't say otherwise. So if you can get past Wonder Boy, you are doing something very right. It's something of a unique task. That is, that is fair. But it's the kind where the guys with special talent who deserve to be in the big fights at welterweight, it's a task that they can accomplish. So big, big responsibility for Bilal Muhammad, but I think he's going to, well, I think he's got the capability anyway of getting it done. Bilal also caught up with the Persian prince himself, Shaquille Majori. Hey, does Shaq promote himself more or I don't know? How does that go? uh, To talk about something we're going to find out right now. We're just pulling rando clips. The way I'm feeling right now, I feel like I'm going to fight him the best anybody's ever fought him. And it's going to be surprising to a lot of people because I'm a guy that reads comments. I'm a guy that reads the the hate because it motivates me and I love it. And there's a million people out there telling me I'm going to get knocked out or they can't wait to see me get knocked out. And I can't wait to make them bite their words. Uh, for me, it's all motivation. It's all stuff that makes me push it like so harder. That makes me want to go jog an extra mile. That makes me want to lift more weights uh, because he's a, he's a legend of the sport. He's kind of like, 
Damian Maya, I just fought before this, and he was one of the best grapplers in a sport, and I didn't get the credit I deserved for beating him the way I beat him because, oh, everybody said he was old or he was washed up or blah, blah, even though he only lost to Gilbert Burns in his last four fights. Uh, but with this one, he's the best striker in the division and the most elusive and hardest matchup where a lot of guys will say no to fight a guy like this. But for me, I know this one, this win will put me over the edge. This one will put me where I am. This one will be bigger than any of Leon's wins. This will put me ahead of him, honestly, in my, in my book. God, can I say something? I, 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 Is this going to be disparaging against our coworker? No, not disparaging at all. Actually, kind of funny about something Bilal Muhammad said, which is, he's like, I love to read all the hate and all the negativity about me. I'm like, man, that is a poisonous thing to do. Far be it for me yeah. to tell a prize fighter what kind of competitive mindset they should be in in order to get the best out of themselves. If that's how he gets the best out of himself, then I guess keep doing your thing. But I'll just say I've seen people try to do that for a long time. It will it will jaundice the way you look at the world. It will make you yeah. unreasonable. And it actually doesn't work for very long. At some point, you have to, have to foster a different sense of motivation. You can't just be angry at everyone for... It worked being... for Michael Jordan, to be fair. To be fair, that could... That... That but dark, complex, competitive it's a dark, Yeah, but it's a complex series of things beyond just, oh, people said negative things about me. If you read what people, the negative things people say about you enough, you will internalize it and actually will become a, a, almost a, an abiding law of your life more than a, a thing to rail against. So I caution people. Like Kayla Harrison one time was like, I have a Google alert that scours the Internet for things people say about me every day, including on message boards, and I read it every day. I'm like, that is a remarkable – I told her this. It's a remarkably terrible I don't read idea. the comments at all, Luke, so – that, you're yeah. just you're. I mean, you're your blog buster. I want you to understand that <laughs> you are. Um, just, Luke, just, as just, as it pertains worst. to the prediction, I do feel with this being a co-main event, three rounds that does take away some of the strengths that Wonder Boy brings to this matchup. Experience, the ability to go five rounds, stamina wise, the fact that it's going to be a three-round fight in the smaller cage. I'm going with the younger guy. I think you got to go Muhammad in mm. this setup. I think if it would have been a main event, I may have lingered the other direction. Because <sighs> his, his damage that he's going to land, that's what the judges, if this goes three rounds, if this goes the distance, is going to be looking at. The, okay, you know, Wonderboy had those moments of controlling the action, but I think they're going to be allowed over just three compared to five to really see the Bilal, the power that he lands. Here's what I think is definitely going to happen. Bilal takes a little while to get going. I think he's going to have a much better third round if it's still around at that point than in the first. But I'm going to go Wonder Boy. I'm going to go Wonder Boy. Again, I think it is definitely winnable for Bilal. I don't think this is any way something he can't do or that it's out of reach, far from it. But I don't know. I just need to see it before I believe it, Brian Campbell. Believe that. All right. You, All might, right. Be, you might be right. Um, is there anything else on this UFC card, Luke? I'll give you a chance to just glean at it. Glean means to go over something and then pull something valuable from it. That's what I'm offering you the chance to do. If you can go over that and then pull something yeah, you valuable use, from you it. Words the, you used the word incorrectly. I uh, put it as a verb, Luke. Cub Swanson. Okay, but it, never mind. Cub Swanson and Derek Elkins is a fun fight. Derek Elkins' slight underdog, which I find a little bit surprising, to be honest with you. Um, it's kind of interesting. Mateus Gamrot is on this card as well. Uh, the other one is Angela Hill against Amanda Lemos. Lemos. Um... All been pretty fun. Ricky Simone, Rafael Sunset. I thought you were going to be big into that Rocky Pennington, Macy Chazon fight on the previous. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit as well. Macy Chazon was supposed to fight a while ago, had a series of mishaps and couldn't quite get going. This is a big fight for her. Big fight for Pennington, too, who I thought was kind of left for dead a little bit after that Amanda Nunes win when she didn't want to go back out there in her corner, like kicked her off the plane. She had a lot of injuries, a too, that people don't realize. Injuries, yeah, yeah COVID. She had a whole bunch of stuff go wrong. So 
Um, that's, that's a fun fight as well. Macy, Macy out of Fortis MMA, um, well-trained, well-schooled, well should be a good one. Indeed, Luke. Thank you very much. We also have some Boxeo this weekend. Uh, Boxeo. So a mixed batch, but some interesting things worth looking at. Friday night, Friday night, excuse me, on ESPN. Friday from, night. From Montreal. That would be tonight. Uh, pound for pound ranked, unified, unbeaten, light heavyweight champion, 36-year-old destroyer, Russian-born, Montreal-raised. It is Arthur Bieterbeev. You better believe it. Better believe uh, Luke, he's back at it, and he's back at it against Marcus Brown, who's had a weird, rocky career, and a guy who has just one defeat and upset Badu Jack in a war to win the title, but then lost it in an upset to John Pascal, has had some issues with the law, has had long layoffs, but he's, he's, he's got the ability. This could be an interesting test when you consider that better be the last time we saw him. He came back from a very long layoff. And he looked a little bit more human than ever before, even though he's still that unbeaten destroyer. How old is he now? 36. 36. He's got 16 wins, 16 KOs. I mean, he's the goods, Luke, but he looked a little slowish. I wonder if this is uh, opens up the door for Marcus Brown to make this a fight. So let me ask you this. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Does a Canelo fight happen if better be of looks better or worse? In other words, if, That's he, a fair question. if he looks like a destroyer, does that make Canelo excited because of the challenge or because he looks worse? It's actually more accomplishable. I think I think worse would help his case. I mean, look, Canelo's not 100% in, it seems, on this Makabu Cruiserweight fight. There's still talk uh, every other week that Team Canelo is still looking at Dimitri Bivol, who just defended this title at light heavyweight, or potentially here at Better Beef. I wonder if... I you can argue it either way, given that Canelo does... Uh, seem to take on big challenges, but yes. that would make it more attainable for in, in Canelo's mind. Um, man, if he goes and tries to get all four light heavyweight belts, Joe Smith Jr. also has one. Um, Buddy, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's going to be interesting. Next level shit right there. Uh, this this fight should be good, though, tonight. So uh, And he is based out of Montreal. Yes. And it's in Montreal. Yes. Montreal, good fighting crowd, actually. Great fighting crowd. I um, remember being there. Uh, GSP was ringside when I was there in 2011 for the rematch. You went there. Bernard Hopkins and Jean Pascal. Oh, 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 oh okay, yeah. No, they're they're quite amazing, actually. And um, the, I mean, the the base in the arena, the, I mean, they, your body was thumping. Like, they, they know how to party. There. How's your French? It sucks. I Although I had, I did have like six years of, Fre of French in school growing up, but uh, it was when I went to Montreal, you know, did in you my take early AP 20s. French? No, I didn't take AP, though. Did you take, I, did you take anything AP? I took uh, AP history sophomore year. I took AP college accounting senior year. There's um, no such thing as AP college it, accounting. I would have. Um, and I should. And also, there's no such thing as AP history. It's which kind? Luke, European I, I know you, you think of me as a... Um, as a you know, clown prince of this show in <laughs> Connecticut in general. And I did come from a factory town, believe that. But, Luke, you know, I could have been a contender if I had gone down the, I, the, uh, no one, the, dude, the scholastic road a little bit no, more aggressively. No one has in any way suggested you are not capable of those things. I am merely asking from a biographical standpoint, did you? I had a, a, a sophomore year to forget. Sounds like it. And But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, well, we can talk about that another day, Luke. All right. I don't even know what topic we're on right now. I took both Badge. European and U.S. history, and I got a five in both. Well, Luke, you didn't have a personal life, though. That's the difference between you, you and I You actually don't then. know. I, I guarantee you that your life in high school was not better than mine. I can assure you that. Give, give me three re Give me Give me one reason to stay here, or I'll turn right back around, Luke, okay? Uh, I guarantee you I got laid more. Just a fact. I'm certain of it. I'm not a, not a doubt in my mind that that is true. Um, 
Wow. I had a big, I had a, Are you more man than me, Luke? Now I'm pathetic, but in high school, I mean, I'm not. Not that I was prom king, but I mean, you were a. I mean, you were a crumb. That's a not nothing. true. That was not you a crumb. A that, was, that was not a crumb. And I was just a little less than nothing. And I don't believe all. for a second that you ever dunked the basketball. Like you not, don't have not to. a chance. You don't dude. have to. Not uh, a I, don't, I don't need you. To fact, go back in time. I challenge you to a free throw contest that'll never air, but we'll have a full <laughs> documentary crew filming. Hey, can we go to some place <clears throat> that's full of urban blight and risk our health uh, for content that will never see the light of day? Uh, speaking of boxing this weekend, Luke, we also Blame you. The zone from England on Saturday, I believe it's in the afternoon, we're going to see a second time Derek Chisora against former champion Joseph Parker. Do you have interest in this? The first time was... I think it was a distance, right? It was a war. It was uh Chisora is always good for something insane, I feel yes. like. Yeah, I mean either either deliver the boom or get KO'd. Yeah. yeah. Like when Povetkin, that was on no, that was Dillian White. That was Excuse Dillian me, White. Dillian White. Still, I feel like it's a little bit, you know, uh I'm mixing memories here. But in any case, Chisora, certainly before the fight, has always got a lot to say. And then even in there, he's I think modestly talented. He's a little more regional level than he is. I mean, he's international class, but you know, um, I don't think he can beat the world's very best in the weight class, but he's usually there for a good time. He's fun. He's entertaining. Yeah, I'm okay with it, but sure. Also back this weekend, I believe it's this weekend, Gilberto Ramirez, the unbeaten light heavyweight, Zordo. former champion at 168, was with top rank, got out of his deal, now he's with Golden Boy. I believe he's got a fight against Unieski Gonzalez, but Luke, he brings an interesting... E- item to the larger Canelo issue, you know, in terms of opponents to go after, because Zerto, he's like 42-0. and 0. Yeah, he's got a lot of intensity. He's got there. a lot of knockouts. He does, you know, he does keep his head up there. He, you, you can hit him. He can get hit. But um, he's got the Mexican crowd behind him as, as uh, you know, the cowboy hat wearing, mariachi band coming out. I mean, he's got a little little style to him. You wonder if he can start getting up close to like 48-49-0, and 0, um, whether he can enter himself into the connect. Maybe he needs a belt. Does he need a championship? Should he be going after, like, Joe Smith Jr. and try to pick up a light heavyweight belt to get in this conference? I mean, I don't think he needs a belt, but unless you have an exotic weight class, which he doesn't in this case, so then he's... Th- to th- get Canelo is one yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, to get to Canelo, that's right. So in which case, he actually would need a belt, yeah. Uh, I'd love to see him against Baturbiev or Bivol. I mean, sure. let's see the best sure. face... The best, Let's right do it. there. Larry King. Um, excuse me, Luke. Oh, what did this? Would you say after winning this award, our level of shows and uh, dedication and ability is just like, you know, like it was? We were we were high, and then like what? Look at this. It, the thing about a Kate Spade case at eighty percent off. I did pick Manly Power colors, though, right? I mean, did you steal that from a Taylor Swift fan in her teens? All right, Luke. Um, quick hitters time. Are you ready here? Yeah. I've been hitting this chair with quick hitters from my <laughs> rear end. <laughs> the, whole, the whole crew just popped. <laughs> All right, Luke. Um, the, the weigh-in stream won't be like this, so I've got to get this out of my system on my show. John Jones accepted a plea deal. There will not be charges for that uh Domestic incident in Las Vegas. We all remember what went down when John got inducted into the his fight got inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and what went down that night or or allegedly did. What do you make of all of this? No charge. We're going to be back here again at some point in the future. With what charge and what situation, I don't know, but it appears that. Um, and I guess we'll see. Life is funny. Can, in a lot of ways it can go, but it doesn't look to me like law enforcement, based on the way that charges are uh, eventually filed and prosecuted, that. Um, 
He will not face the greatest possible penalty that the situation could have offered, which I don't think will serve as much of a deterrent to him. And, you know, every other indication on the outside says that, you know, we'll see what happens with his life. But it doesn't look to me like anything was ever done to not bring us back to a similar kind of point in the near future. So I don't know when that will be. A year or two, I don't know, but maybe more. Maybe yeah, he less. pleaded no contest. Ultimately, they were able to work it out. A deal, plea deal to drop the charges. This is, this is just what it's going to be until something else happens. So, all right, let's keep it going. Nate Diaz, who was here in Tampa this week, and Chris Avila's corner on the boxing undercard. Hey, that was a money interview we did with Nate, huh? Didn't you enjoy sitting down with him? That thing, um, it uh, deteriorated quickly. It was like I know Showtime came over to us like, all right, yeah, you'll get him. I'm like word like we're gonna get him yeah they're like, yeah yeah and then they came back and they're like well, well we're well, not sure yeah yeah all right we didn't get him it's all right but luke he's in the news he's had a back and forth on twitter with I one dustin poirier I did see that. in which both seem willing and able so luke we know that nate has what one fight left on the ufc contract Just the one does if it's poirier does that lead you to believe nate is more likely to resign or more likely to go test himself? I think more likely to go test because you could take a beating fighting Poirier. But, A, if you find your way to the back, you got to like your chances if you're Nate Diaz. And even if you don't and you got to slug it out with him, not that Dustin Poirier is some walk in the park, but, A, he might fight you at 170. Dustin Poirier was talking about does he want to keep making the cuts at 155. And the other part is, again, Poirier might win. He can thump. He's a great striker. But you'll get the kind of fight where at least your strengths – will get some time to show, right? You're not going to have a guy who's going to try and Habib you for four or five rounds, whatever it ends up being. So um, there's a lot of – by the way, remember, they were supposed to fight previously, and then they didn't. Yeah. So I actually like this fight. I think it's a winnable fight for Nate Diaz. I would favor Dustin Poirier, but I think it's a winnable fight for Nate, and I think there's a lot of ways to do that fight and get out and still have people interested in watching you box It's a great sell. Jake Paul I mean, you know, how good would the fight be? You'd, you'd hope for the for the best-case scenario, but as a sell, that th- I mean, that'd be Huge a great sell. sell. Huge sell. Um, and very winnable for either guy. So is that UFC then in, in some way cashing out his brand in some way? I've said it before. What UFC does is they don't take typically, typically, they don't take every good day that a fighter can have, but they take the majority of them before they let them go for whatever reason. If you let Nate Diaz go after a Poirier fight, win or lose, you would still be facing a reality where there are other fights you could have that you could make a lot of money off of. But you don't know exactly when they're going to fall off. You're making a calculated call about not having them on the roster at that time or not being entitled to pay them a bunch of money when they're far past it. So if you make the calculated call past the potential Poirier fight of um, you know what you want to do with him and, and where he can go and whatnot, you can do all that. But I just feel like his biggest fights for Nate are going to be just one, the UFC is just not going to want to do. They're not going to want to co-promote. They're not going to want to do boxing. And they don't need to. They're going to make a bunch of money. So I think they'll make a good faith effort for him, you know, whatever. But um, I just think he's going to do something else. I really do. I'd like to see him get that chance to find out what his brand is worth and see what kind of fun shit he can come up with. I mean, is that Triller Triad? It's really whoever's the biggest suitor, right? Whoever come, comes I think with he's the... looking for the biggest checks, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see, by the way, that Diaz, though, Poirier fight would be fun to watch. So we'll see if that ends up playing out that way. Our final quick hitter, Luke, stays in the UFC. Former Bantamweight champion Misha Tate. It's interesting. Her reaction to Juliana Pena's upset win over Amanda Nunes to capture the Bantamweight title is that maybe she's thinking about following a loss herself against Ketlin Vieira to moving down to 125 to flyweight. Mm. Luke, the reason why this is interesting is this. One that, you know, we've never seen her at that weight class, so she'd have to shed a lot of muscle to get down there, potentially. 
Number two, though, wouldn't Pena's upset reinvigorate the idea that that if Pena stays champion, that's an easier fight on paper than Nunes would be. But I guess Misha wanted to specifically run back that title loss. And, and That and also, didn't Misha Tate coach Pena's team on the year? Yeah, and, they and so they are fighter? they are close, too, as well, yeah. as, which is why uh, Amanda kept saying, it's trash talk, your best friend, Misha Tate. So, yeah, so that so explains I, that. Yeah. Okay, quicker path to the title at flyweight, potentially, but you do have an all-timer there as well in Valentina Shevchenko. Yep, that's true as well. I mean, there's no real easy path, given what I think Misha Tate is up against, but you do have some options, and I still think 35 is going to be her best one, candidly, but one never knows. I mean, let's see what she can do at 125, if she can get down there safely, of course. I like to see her against Aspen Ladd. You have been, uh, you've been saying that. Is it wrong to have a fight that you might want to see and you talk about it out loud? You know what they have a lot of in Tampa? Masks. Yeah, but no one wears them. It's so funny, you know? Boy, they just love COVID down Look, here. People, they just are, people are done with your COVID takes. They're, f- oh, well, they're, they're about to be, uh, they're about to be uh, fucked with this uh, new variant that's just going to fucking get everyone sick. But um, Thanks for the optimism. Well, I mean, I just Americans have decided they would just rather live with the destruction. Could you that take COVID the, the doctor do anything about it? Luke Fauci hat off and put on the yeah. Latin right. Fauci hat. Are, is there I any? Can do, I can multitask if you need. Are me. there any BBLs in action that we should be? Uh, you know what's funny about Tampa? Not obviously this will be not, not in any way surprising to people from Florida. Miami has a lot more of my kind of thing than Tampa. I think it's pretty <laughs> wow, fair. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fair. Pretty fair. Miami. Not, not, not a lot of talent. You've been so here. sour on Tampa. You haven't been served up the the right size dose. I think. I mean, it's like you know. Go to the white sand beaches, Luke. I know. I bet right. you do like the white side of town, don't you, Brian Campbell? <laughs> All right, Luke. That's pretty wrong of you. Hey, I think we're doing both segments today. These fan-oriented shipping segments. Uh, usually, they ship on up to morningcombat at gmail dot com as the email landing. For all things Wednesday fan subs, which we skipped poolside because we were having a little pina colada action going on, all right? <laughs> I've been farting here for the last five minutes, and you haven't said one word. I cannot believe your eyes aren't even And watering. Friday, dead wrong. I'm learning to breathe through my nose while talking. I don't smell a thing. Um, what do you want to do first, Manich? <laughs> you, you old bitch. Well, maybe I'll take that part back. Let's go dead wrong. All right, let's go dead wrong on that ass. Uh, every week we sit in front of microphones, and very often we arrogantly spew shit that's just not correct. So you have a chance every Friday to email us. If you bring a receipt, you can tell us to our face that we was dead wrong. Okay, Luke. Luke, are you with us? Barely. All right. Uh, at 41 minutes and 18 seconds of episode 237, this is from a gentleman named Took, not Tukey. Who's my daughter? Yes. Uh, Luke says it's amazing that Jose Aldo is getting quality wins at 34 years of age. Aldo's actually 35. And and by the way, I think I saw BC in the hotel in Vegas. I didn't want to interrupt him and ruin his day immeasurably. However, I noticed he had a slight limp. Is this because it's hard to walk with your giant set of balls? Wow, Luke. I was about to say, did you identify BC because he was (laughs) blowing other patrons? I did have a... In the lobby. It's like, uh, well, he's always... He's wow, quite easy to spot. Hey, uh, wow. All right. Uh, 
It's like it's like oh, there's BC. He's the guy. Okay. Got his hands uh, and knees. I was limping, you know, when I was recovering from that that ladder fall, cleaning the gutters, <laughs> and just you know. You did have a fairly significant-ish ladder yeah. fall. I do have some some more X-rays coming up. They think I've got some cartilage issues down here in the. Oh lefty. really? Yeah, I hope not, Luke. You I have to take not. fish oil. All right, Sean with a W slides in. He says, uh, "Hey guys." At 23 minutes of the Thanksgiving mailbag episode, when Uh-oh. discussing which cooking... We, which we mailed in. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. When we discussed cooking for Gordon Ramsay, Luke said he could cook a steak with a, quote, flat iron skillet. What? Does he mean cast, cast iron, iron skillet? Yes, yes, you yes. fucking donkey. Of yes, course, yes, the skillet iron. is flat. BC is yeah, the type of... Point. <laughs> BC is the type of guy to microwave a salad. <laughs> Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> Love, Sean. All right. That's a, that's a great statement. That was not bad. It's not that inaccurate either. Good. All right. Jimmy says, at 33 minutes of episode 221, BC says Clarissa Shields is training every day in the gym in New Mexico with John Jones and Holly Holm. Yeah, no. However, John Jones has been temporarily banned from the gym, so I doubt she is seeing him there. I realize this is very nitpicky and exudes SDE. Wow. It does, right? Yes. You have more BED. You got that. You got that big uh, uh, erectile dysfunction. I'd like to <laughs> to dead wrong BC also for saying Cheyenne Velismus is quote must see TV end quote. Yeah, is that better or worse than me saying Anthony Smith is? Are we just handing out labels now? Dude, she's I feel like it's worse fighter. because Anthony Smith is a high ranked fighter who actually does have. She's not even must peak on IG. All right, let's 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 not let's okay, not spew, you gotta be, uh, Please not. I mean, just yeah, fucking move along. I mean, what's yeah? This, Some asshole on Instagram here. What a jerk, Jimmy. Okay, thanks. Great. Fuck Jimmy. Yeah, seriously. All right, and, and you're wrong on top of that. Okay, yeah, you're dead wrong. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I got the receipts to prove it. All right, all right. Here's Mason sliding in on Friday, December twelfth. BC claimed. At 107, that Jeff Neal is on a two-fight win streak. Dead wrong. He's on a two-fight losing streak to Magni and Wonderboy. I don't think I said well, that. Well, then now he's on the one because he got the one win. Yeah, if there. I did say that, I was dead wrong. So thank you, Mason. We say a lot of shit here. All right? We talk a lot of shit. And then we have to back it up in person, Luke. That's true. All right? And that's why you get sent to hell like seven different times at the award show, motherfucker. I took it. I took that shit. There were some people giving me some some long stares, though. I did see a, I did see a few of those. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, this is from... Griadamf. Griadamf. Hello, guys. You mean, you mean Jeffrey? <laughs> On episode 239, around an hour and 30, BC says that Donaire was translating for his opponent in uh, Tagalog. Luke asks if it's Tagalog. BC says yes. This is, in fact, dead wrong. Donaire translated from Bisaya. Oh. A dia- must be a, a, a dialect in the Philippines. Okay. Do we know English Did I know that? and vice versa. Caballo is from South Costebato, and the predominant Filipino language there is Bisaya. Donaire speaks English, Tagalog, and Bisaya. Well, Rafe Bartholomew going to get in my DMs for not knowing that, I guess. Uh, thanks and more power to you guys. All right. All right. Fair enough. Didn't know that. One more from Jordan. Uh, at 4835 of Luke's post-269 recap show, right. Luke states that Pena finished Nunes at 326 of the first round. Second round. Luke... You know, because you mentioned it minutes earlier, that the fight ended in round two. Credit to Luke for soft-calling the Pena upset. Yeah, a lot of people upset that we have given you way too much credit. That, in fact, you didn't, you didn't call that shit. You just said, like, don't sleep on Nunes. Uh, on yeah, Pena. I, I'm not taking credit for calling it. 
All right. There's people that are so I mean, angry that you've been given credit, though. Yeah. Well, these are people who are just losers who hang off my balls like the unkempt hair that I that is there before I use my Manscaped products. These are not people who matter. All right. Thank you. Uh, MorningCombat at gmail.com. And one more fan-related segment here. We're going to re-kick what we should have done Wednesday with fan subs. The email address is the same. Send in your shit. We open mail once a week. It's called Fan Submissions. You'll find there's a lot of people in this world who don't want to give me credit, and usually their last name is Thomas. And, and Campbell. Yeah, that's, that's well said, though. Yes. Yeah. But they're all wrong because I get mine in the end, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, I do fuck face. Do you, don't, don't, don't ever fucking doubt me. I will get my shit in the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> whether I have to work alone or not. Yeah, whether yeah, I got to take gonna, it. You're going to have Steal. All right, Wes has our first fan submission for this week. He says, happy holidays. <laughs> Boy, there is some cake on old Grinch. <laughs> Grinch has been working the the uh, the gym, the Stairmaster machine, I guess. Good Lord, right. Grinch. You got a big old ass. Yeah, let's Come go down to- on some thick. Let's go to Fernando. He says, hey, BC and LT, it's FC hey, once again. Hey, there we are. My Fernando. new mug came in. I wanted to share two mugs, three shirts. What should I get next? Both your faces on my ass may look good. Wow, look at this guy. See, Side note. You can tell he's not from Tampa. You know how I know? He has a mask on. I sent an email and a picture on December 2nd. Tell the producers to share the email text. And yes, I'm covering my face again because of, quote, or hashtag the internet. Uh, Hope Vegas was great trip legal weed and hookers it should be keep killing the game and my regular reminder bc don't bitch out at the concert yeah dude you are a fucking bitch (laughs) mk all day nearly every day love fernando thank you Corey. don't you feel like bc should go to the cannibal corpse concert in baltimore in february so i mean if bc doesn't i feel like we can't do this show anymore that's what really what i feel like it just call it a day Sunset on a great experiment because you were a hoe-ass bitch. Um, yo, I've seen you bitch out of so many things. So this is different. This is a big occasion. You got you to gotta fucking man up. You know how I'm going to leave the show one day? Talk a lot of shit about all the alpha shit you do. And then when it comes time to do alpha shit, you are conspicuously absent. When it's time for me to leave this show for good, I'm going to Lithuanian exit your ass. I know you right? are. Yo, I'm leaving. I'm hoes. just going to be like, you know, you know, I'm gone. You know, like remember in the uh, Get Back documentary when George Harrison was like, I'm quitting right now. And he I just walked out. I, I didn't I don't watch that shit. He's like, I'll see you at the clubs. I'm you too know? busy watching hardcore pornography. <laughs> all right. This is Kevin. He slides in and says, Says, my reaction when MK won the World MMA Awards. <laughs> I mean, go. Yes, go. 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 <laughs> when you believe everything is possible. Luke, I did believe in that shit. You did. Right? You did more, much more than me. In fact, it's not saying much. I didn't believe in you I mean, all, you, soft, you, you soft-pedaled that Nunes upset pick, but at least you were in the right, you know, right side Yeah, I was side in the right history. general area. Yeah. But I was in the wrong area with our pick. I never, I never imagined we'd win. All right. Taylor says, check me out rocking an MKT with my beautiful fiance, Catherine. We'll be the judge of that. Wow. At, she looks normal and pretty. At UFC 269, I made sure to yell out a few Ric Flair woos at nonsensical times throughout the evening to okay. defy the unflinching superior logic by which Luke's brain operates. I'm sure he didn't hear this because he watches the fights under optimal viewing conditions That's right. on mute. Mute. Fuck all At y'all. At three-quarter speed in a sensory deprivation tank on the International Space Station. Dude, she looks sober. Look at, look at this red-eyed. Look at this red-eyed zero. Management. Um, wow, Luke. Uh, he says more shit here. Uh, we both enjoyed a big helping of high-risk stadium food in honor of BC's fatty liver. In all seriousness, thanks so much for both of you for all the entertainment. And all of the art. Dude, this is the create. smile of someone who just shoplifted. That's really <laughs> what it looks like. 
Um, he's not doing bad though, Luke. He's no, he's. Bad. I mean, okay. Can we just throw that back up? Hold on. Hey, Taylor, I got a message for you, motherfucker. You are overachieving. <laughs> Let me just be very clear about that. You, this is far outside of your of your ballpark here, motherfucker. Remember that person that sent us to the picture from Woodstock, Georgia, and they were standing out in like their flannel shirt. Yeah, uh, vaguely. Why? And you oh, were like, yes, yes, yes. You were like, I know that place. That's the guy who's part of that couple that got married by Elvis in Vegas and had oh, the morning combat yeah, T-shirt okay, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so shout out to that. That to that. I'm sorry that they're uh, in Woodstock, Georgia. It's not a great place. That's where he's from. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. All right, Tyler's got three photos. Uh, watching the live chat with Darth Thomas at the helm, I thought, "What are we doing here?" My man Luke got it right when he said Salma Hayek is the one. She's what I call an all-time dime. This that is means, not the best Photoshop I've ever seen. That means she's hot when she was younger, but maintained it throughout the years. Also, just to ruin Luke's Wednesday, rate my cable management. All right, this is his first pick. Here's his second one. I know my wife can't believe that I think Salma Hayek is attractive. And I'm like, I can't believe that you think that. And finally, this man, Tyler's cable management. Well, I mean, why don't you just go have an abortion back there? <laughs> oh, wow. Why don't you just commit an abortion? It would, wow. look, it would look better. Uh, is that this. a fire hazard, Luke? The dog in the sweater is interesting. Hey, you know your dog's got a coat, motherfucker. It doesn't need another one. Okay. Uh, you know, what are you going to do here? People just don't know how to live. Let's go on to Becky. She says, hi. Becky. Hi, I'm Luke's new intern, and I'm helping him expand his uh, YouTube channel. Okay. Okay. Amongst other tasks, he has to force me to do, which I am not at liberty to disclose. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't, I don't like, know who this like, person is, yeah. so this ought to be funny. If you haven't noticed, Luke's live chats have had less talking during the beginning of the shows. There have been no audio issues. This is all by design. Luke wants to shift his YouTube channel to more abstract intellectual space. While we were spitballing new names for the show, Luke wanted to call it Shut the Fuck Up with Luke Thomas. I thought that was a little too aggressive. Okay. So we settled on Luke Thomas's live chat, quote, A Quiet Place. I repeat, there was never any, never any audio issues. Yes, the joke is that there was many audio Here's issues. Here's a little preview of the upcoming show. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> that's about the, that's about how my career has gone. It's about right. All right, hey Goran Ivanisevich is back. Hey guys, congrats on the best MMA programming. I'm sure Juliana Pena took inspiration and carried the upset mantra mm -hmm. the we rest the, of the week. We set the tone in Vegas. Keep it up, boys. This speaks volumes of what's to come in 2022. BC put forward the idea of a Luke Thomas India homecoming. Luke dismissed the idea by saying the airport would be empty. Instead, he receives the red carpet treatment. I guess he can thank Brock Lesnar for his superstardom. Luke said he would give. Fortnite ago. If Luke is to ever play Fortnite, I can only imagine this scenario. A forthcoming rage with BC in the background trying to contain himself. I just hope the Colombians in the household don't add fuel to the fire. Luke, here first is your India homecoming by Goran. That's yes, about the uh, right size. Apparently I am with um, Mel uh, Melania Trump and then Arjun Singh Buller in the back. That's cool. <laughs> Let's go to the next slide. And here's Luke uh, trying to play Fortnite. Um... Okay. Okay, it's a little bit, uh, fi my five-year-old did. Boy, you can tell we've got boomers doing Photoshop on this, huh? 
Yeah. Um, I just hope the Columbia. Yeah. BC, did you think you were going to get away with it straight after oh, that your, your booster shot? Is that your liver? Stuffed like a jam donut. By the way, Luke, I am definitely one of the five people laughing at BC's jokes. Thank you from Wollongong, Australia, hometown of the great Alexander Volkanovsky. That is true. That is true. Thank you, Goran. He's a regular slider. Goran okay. Ivanisavich. Uh, Scott says, we are proud of you guys, even if your parents are not. This is obviously aimed at Luke. Dad, we were honored with an award in Las Vegas. I have delinquent renters in Las Vegas. <laughs> Did you get my money? Where's my money, boy? <laughs> that's, that's a good I one. I like how everyone's just laughing at the tragic state <laughs> yeah, of my relationship with my family. funny because it's true. All right, David. This is David A. from France. You know the guy that... that uh, oh, this is old, old Bill C. <laughs> Yeah, old French Cosby himself. Is he selling pudding now in France as well? Oh, wow. Uh, hey, guys, here's how I managed the conversation as you posed with your award. Pretty sure Brian was sizing Luke up to slip in a choke, too. Hardy, congrats to you and the whole team, except for Pennington James, who was disqualified from praise for having covered Hallelujah, the equivalent of playing Stairway to Heaven in Wayne's World's Guitar Shop. Your friend and serious candidate for Donk of the Year, David Appleton, P.S., I created five fake emails so I could vote for you seven times. It's got to be worth some free merch. See, that's 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 why we won because we've got um, rapists who apparently yeah. watch the show. I don't know what else to call His, them. His uh, memes. Uh, it's BC saying this is a very self-conscious heterosexual tip to tip. If we're gonna come on, and just try it, and I'll. That's what like the taxi driver I had. Yeah. I'm third world, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go over to Jonathan, who has two pictures. Congrats on scamming the system with love from Bosnia. Oh, Bosnia. Uh -huh. I'm sorry, guys, but you have to return the award. But why? What the hell did we? Uh, what What the hell we did wrong? The award is for MMA shows, and Morning Combat is only about boxing and other boxing. <laughs> I love the Photoshop of you there, by the way. I mean, they, at least they kind of like tried to mold me onto the head. They just cut and pasted your yeah. bitch ass. Uh, there, he had two photos, apparently. What's the second one? But who says it's for MMA shows? It's in the NAM. Best MMA programming at the World MMA Awards. I we need we it. need better quality control. Look at look at Hawani in that picture, right? I see that. I don't quite get it all though. All right, let's go to Tim. Hey guys, I've literally watched since episode one. I'm one of your first fifty subscribers. I work from home and I schedule my lunch around your Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. It's like watching fights with your smartest and goofiest friends who both happen to know their shit. <laughs> Also have to take a shit. MMA's odd couple for sure, except the burly guy is Felix in this case. Not only can I get consistent coverage, but I, also a consistent event about one hour into every episode. So I made my first ever meme. Yep, yep. That's about it, Luke. It's about that's you really have summed up the show here. Yeah. One of us has regular bowel movements, and the other one is a bowel movement. Uh, let's go to Michael. He's got a champion meme for us. A little disturbing. That's, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Not even one bit. Uh, Tommy's got two photos. Greetings from Australia. Congrats on your award. I think I speak for all day one listeners when I say this is very well deserved. A couple of memes here for you. First, a lot of people may have missed this, but I found it borderline offensive last week when BC compared his looks to the great Randy Couture. I mean, you look. You just look like you're begging for fucking money to I, get it, meth. It, Virtually identical, as Goldie would say. I Luke. mean, he, okay. he looks like he just got done banging the prom queen, and you look like, you know, just, just. 
Uh, he says, however, Turning I was... tricks in the parking lot. <laughs> Tommy says, I was slightly impressed that BC was able to make that reference, and so now he only started watching MMA in 2019. Very true. Under, underrated fact right there. The second meme is live footage of all single MK dunks last weekend trying to pick up at the bar after we won the award. Cheers from Tommy. It's about right. It's called Morning Combat, but combat is spelled with a K. They're basically two washed dads who call us donks that storm the Capitol. Trust me, it's great. Yeah, yeah. All right, Luke. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. One more from Aaron. Nothing but love. I am the BC and my crew. Big fans of y'all. Thanks for what you do. Egg Shen, motherfucker. That's you not wanting to teach the secrets to the Guai Lo. (laughs) Big trouble in little China. It's a great movie. Uh, Thank you to our... uh, our people for sending that shit in morning combat at here come our showtime peeps who every time we get in the car with them in the morning they go we're fucking hungover don't ask us to do anything (laughs) no it's that's not incorrect that's not incorrect you can walk past we don't give a shit uh thank you to our great listeners for watching today thank you to our team our staff malco cbs sports showtime manich and gaff on the ones and twos over there yep yep um we will be back 4 p.m. Eastern today. That's Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Showtime Sports YouTube channel. You'll see us at the weigh-in. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, part two. Ariel Hawani will be a part of it. Speaking of Hawani, check out our pregame preview. Is that up yet, Corey? Oh, oh my God. Can wow, you, isn't that amazing that it didn't? I mean, how is it fucking 12th? I mean, what are we doing here? Okay. Yeah, right. um, we're we're going to be talking with Ariel Hawani today on YouTube. You can check that I don't, out. I don't, a pre-game I, 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 I preview. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. A pre-game preview where, in theory at least, real talk. Yeah. Like men do. It'll never be up, so you'll never see it. It's okay. Um, we'll be here in Tampa all weekend after the fight on Saturday night. Can they check us out? They're gonna have. We're gonna have a post-fight show. We will have a post-fight show, and uh, we will react to everything and. Um, Never speak of it again after that. If you that. want 10% off our merch and you want that under your Christmas tree, go right now. Morningcombat.store. We have a special code for you to use today. It's called Twitter10K. Twitter10K. The last final drug rugs are sitting there for you. We got a few left. Special price, Luke. Oh, God. Excuse me. 69. 69, dudes. I bet you have. <laughs> All right. This, I mean, look, like this was fun for a while, but it just got sour and like. I'm not trying to be sour. I'd like you a lot. You're great. I like uh, the show a lot. It's great. Yeah. Hey, can I go defecate? I mean, really. On the rest of your career. <laughs> On your career. Uh, for Luke Thomas, I am the American Alpha, Brian Campbell. Thank you for watching. Thank you for buying our stuff. Um, you can go to uh, manscaped.com right now, and mm-hmm. you can get. A nice little extra holiday percentage off. 20% plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the code COMBAT with a K. Um, clean yourself up a little bit. You're going to smell nice for your holiday parties. Go put right on now. that ball deodorant. That's Luke Thomas. I'm BC, the American Alpha. Uh, keep all your cats spayed and neutered, and may all your ex-lovers stay satisfied. We out. I'm going to satisfy your ex-lovers. <laughs>